Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. Jumbo, Jumbo. Good to see you. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So we started a new series. I believe, though, we've started a new season as a church, something that's going to be setting the trajectory of where we're meant to be in the future. And really, it's where God always wanted us to be. And that's to be a supernatural community that's all about Jesus. We're finding out the blueprint for that by looking at church as it first got started in the book of Acts, and specifically in Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple every day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So maybe you, if you're an underliner, underline verse 42. It says there, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. I want to notice that one word, they devoted themselves. What does devoted look like? I always say, I can only devote me, I can't devote you. And you could translate that word devoted as they continued in these things no matter what. They were not distracted away from them. I'm sure that they had distractions just like you and me. Even though mobile phones and Netflix were not (laughs) a problem to them, they would have had distractions too. So what are you devoted to? Who are you devoted to? We don't really have to guess. We can tell what a person is devoted to by what or who they pay their attention to, by what or who they rely on, and what they spend their time, energy and money on. That's the object of your devotion. But Even if we would say we are disciples and followers of Jesus, we know that we can be distracted away from devotion to him, don't we? In the Gospel of Luke, Luke writes about Jesus coming to be with two people in their home. One was devoted, the other distracted. Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but Few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, 
and it will not be taken away from her. What does distracted look like there? It looks to me like she's getting busy, getting things done. It's all about doing things, even doing things for Jesus, rather than being devoted to him. What does devoted look like as we see this passage described? It's all about him, it's all about Jesus. The word we translate as distracted there in the original language is perispeo. It means pulled here and there, this way, that way, round and round. It's the opposite of being centred. Mary was centred. Mary was centred on Jesus. She was all about him, all about Jesus. It says, Martha opened her home, but only Mary opened her heart. Martha was overwhelmed, frustrated, distracted by all her serving. And it seems she forgot who it was all actually for and what it was all about. As a result of that, Jesus looked at her and he said, you know what, you are anxious about many things. Everything that she had to do, everything she was trying to juggle. He said, you're anxious, that's going on inside, and you're troubled, that's what it looks like on the outside. Can anybody else relate to that? Because what's going on inside of you spills out. She was distracted and divided and getting busy with it. But she was also getting dizzy as a result of it. That busyness spills over into moaning about other people and what they're doing or what they're not doing. Then she goes even further. She accuses Jesus of not caring. She bosses the boss around. Lord, she says, but she doesn't talk to him like he's the Lord, tell her to come and help me. Did you notice? Mary actually left the serving jobs, which would have been the cultural expectation upon her as a woman at that time. She left that to go and be with the one that they were there to be with, the one who'd come to be with them. The words here indicate she sat right in front of Jesus. Picture her there. She's sitting at his feet, and that's the posture of a disciple. Only men could follow a rabbi in that culture, but she went and positioned herself as one of Jesus' disciples, as a learner. That means she wanted to be like him. She wanted to follow him. She wanted to imitate him and do what he said and do what he did. Meanwhile, Martha wanted to multitask Jesus. She wanted to give and serve and make sure the disciples all had a great meal. But he'd come not to receive, but to give. He'd come to teach her a great lesson. But she couldn't hold on to that because she had her hands full. Mary wanted her heart to be filled. And they both only had so much time, so do you, so do I. She had the same amount of time that Martha did, so she chose what she was not going to do. That's how we focus, by the way. We think focus is choosing what we say yes to. No, it's, it's to be able to do that, you first have to choose all the things that you're not going to do. And this week, you can be as devoted to Jesus as you choose, and so can I. The lesson here is, don't just do something, sit there. 
The Apostle Paul warned the church in a place called Corinth that though they thought they were very clever, they were in danger of being distracted. He said, watch out so your minds may somehow be led astray from your simple and pure devotion to Christ. It's simple to devote ourselves to Christ, but we don't do it. See, what's church meant to be? What's it all about? It's simple. Lord, we want to be all about you. We want to be all about Jesus. Let everything else fade away and fall away, as we sometimes sing, till there's only you. You're the only name that matters. But the church can quickly and easily work and serve hard. We can become a Martha church, and we end up worried and upset about so many things that are going on in the world or are not going right in the world. And we're not even any good at making a difference to any of them because we're jumping from one thing to another spinning around and caught up in endless discussions and distractions that are driven by the world's agenda and its diet of falsehood and fear. Trying to fit into that and gain approval by, in, by it maybe, rather than a Mary church that's focused on Jesus, listening to him and doing what he says in his word. What kind of a church do you want to belong to? Wherever we meet, however we meet, whenever we meet, however we worship, it's about focus. Devotion or distraction, you choose. This week, in your diary, in your calendar, in your plans, when you're traveling, when you're at home, anywhere, we choose our devotion. That first supernatural community birthed by the word and spirit at Pentecost focused on three things there in Acts chapter two. We've looked at these many times. Next week, there's another one we wanna focus on too, that all too often we've been missing and we've missed out on it because we haven't named it. I'm gonna even say a lot of that is my fault as a leader of the church. Acts 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. There, right there, are three marks of that community that are where it starts. And the way I've summed that up for years, if you do our discipleship pathway course, which I really encourage you to do, is that they devoted themselves to the word, worship, and one another. Whether they met in small family-sized groups, the Bible uses the Greek word ekos to describe, in small settings like in each other's homes, or as they gathered together in larger ways, like it says they met in the temple, where they could um, meet in larger groups before persecution prevented them, or, or maybe they hired spaces at times, as we track through the story here. They came together as God's called out kingdom ambassadors, spiritually legislating for what was allowed and what was bound in the city. The ecclesia, they had the keys of the kingdom when they gathered in those ways. And so, there are three things they devoted them to. Number one, they devoted themselves to the word. That's the apostles' teaching. You could translate it as doctrine. They studied, they learned together. They didn't make up their own truth about God and what they thought he should be like and, and what he said and what he, they would like him to have commanded. They fixed their attention on the Old Testament scriptures. They know many of them. They know much of it by heart since they were old enough to learn to read. So they focused on the law and the apostles were right there with them to tell them everything Jesus said and to describe to them what they saw him do as eyewitnesses. So they, they could not just hear what he said, but do what he said. That they could do what he said they could do. 
They remember, they, they memorize the parables and the true stories about Jesus' miraculous life and death and resurrections. And then they passed them on. They told the stories to one another and to their children and children's children. They didn't write it all down straight away because they lived every day expecting his return was going to be really soon. They wanted, they longed to see him come back any day now, just like they saw him ascend to heaven. But in the ancient world, such stories and teachings were carefully passed on by what's called oral tradition. In the years ahead, when persecutions hit, they'd even memorise the contents of the letters that were written by the apostles to pass them on to the communities they were meant to take them to or to other communities. So the only way to destroy the word was to literally kill the messenger. Because it wasn't written on paper, they really had become living letters. Imagine what the church would look like if we were devoted to the word like that. Not doubting it, not just discussing it, doing it. Sitting at Jesus' feet and giving full attention to his words. Then putting them into practice so that we would be those that Jesus said build our lives upon the rock. Not upon shifting sands of cultural fashions, media messages or people's opinions which change all the time. How devoted are you to the word? How much time do you put into reading it on any given day or week? Do you even read it yourself? Or listen to it if reading's not something you're great at? Because you can still do that. I mean, what's your discipline? If I say I'm a disciple of Jesus and I want to live his way, do you have a discipline as an undistracted disciple to read, mark, learn, ponder and inwardly digest the scriptures, Old and New Testament, the whole thing? It's all the word of God. If not, here's today's one verse for you. 2 Corinthians 3, 5 says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. If you don't know what this book says, if you're not hiding it in your heart, how can you ever hope to grow as a Christian? You are wide open to Satan's lies and deception. Are you devoted to the word or distracted by the world? Test yourself to see if you're in the faith. See, we make time for what matters, don't we? We have time for box sets, hobbies, pets, people's posts on socials. But can we make time to open a Bible or the Bible app to study and meditate on God's word? Mary time, focusing on Jesus. And don't say, oh, I've got you to read it to me. That's like a baby bird waiting with its mouth open for somebody else who's chewed it over to feed you secondhand. A regurgitated morsel once a week or whenever you decide to come. No wonder the body is so weak. I often say about the Bible, I can read it to you, but I can't read it for you. What would it look like this week for you to be devoted to God's word? Ask him to help you to get that devotion. And they devoted themselves to one another. And this has so come under attack by the enemy in recent years. He knows his people will be under pressure and attacked so he can easily pick you and me off if we're not joined together as the army of the Lord, if anybody, one of us becomes a lone ranger, especially if you get offended against a brother or a sister, and rather than deal with it, rather than get over it, rather than recognise and realise none of us are perfect and forgive, if you decide to nurse a grudge or harbour a hurt and you withdraw from church saying, well, I don't need to belong in order to believe, the same verse, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. 
because you can't practice all the one another's that the Bible commands on your own. It's impossible. I can list 59 of those one another's that the Bible says, well, actually, Jesus says they prove whether or not you really love God because he says you can't say you love God, who you can't see, if you don't love him or her or me, your brothers and sisters that you can see. That word fellowship that we looked at in Acts 2, it's a funny word, koinonia in Greek. A supernatural community has koinonia, communion with God and one another. And at its heart, it means participating, contributing, not just getting out from it, not just observing, not just watching, it's putting into the community. And it's not about how long you've been coming to church, it's how deep you've gone, how deep you go in connection and contribution that matters. You don't measure that by duration, but by donation. That's how you measure devotion to other people. You're in or not, you choose your level of devotion when you choose your level of participation and contribution. And what that looks like is we love one another. Love one another, by the way, makes the one another list 15 times out of the 59 that are in here. It also says things like we are to be at peace with one another, honour one another, accept one another, serve one another, instruct one another, carry each other's burdens, forgiving one another, encourage one another, share our homes and possessions with one another, confess our sins to one another. When did we last do that? All these one another's you can't do on your own. Are we practicing these things? I know they're hard, they take time and they take us being devoted to one another. Can we really set a bar that high? Or are you gonna settle? Shall we just attend church every now and then? If we're not too busy, I haven't got other things going on and we're not distracted by all those other things we could do. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit to be a supernatural community and love like this. Again, I can't devote you, I can only devote me. And the final thing they devoted themselves to was worship. Word, one another, worship. It wasn't about how big or small the place they met was or how many they were. This was happening, by the way, every day, notice, Sunday too. This community didn't need a big stage, they didn't need smoke machines, the perfect vocal mix, didn't need a choir. The best worshippers were not necessarily the best musicians or the best singers. They were the ones who sat and focused on the one thing, the best thing. The worship was all about Jesus. Jesus said the Father had sent him to go looking for people who would worship in spirit and truth. Not worshipping a God we want or imagine him to be, but the real God who we find described here in scripture, who is so much bigger, greater, holier, other than we can imagine, but also so much kinder and better and lovelier than we could ever have believed unless and until he came to show us himself and the word became flesh. So now rather than talk some more about worship, what we're gonna do is fix our eyes upon Jesus going to look full in his wonderful face. Get yourself ready to be like Mary as she focused and was centred on him. He was the one who mattered most. Learning from him, being with him was what mattered most. Why would you miss the Messiah for a meal? I know even now somebody's listening and watching and you're thinking, oh, but what about poor Martha? We need Marthas too. 
Well, Jesus said out of all the dishes on offer that day, Mary was the one who made the right choice. Martha wanted to do everything right. Mary did the right thing, the best thing, the one thing. We're saying here at Ivy, we have a supernatural vision. We're asking the Lord amid all the problems and the pressures and the worries and the wants that everybody has, we want Ivy to be a supernatural community. That's all about Jesus. If we get our one thing right, everything and everybody else falls into place. If we don't, it'll keep falling apart as we spin around. Jesus, he's our one thing, tell him. Lord, you're our priority. The word, by the way, is singular. You can't have priorities. We can get so distracted by many issues, ideologies, causes and concerns. The church can get involved with lots of things. We can divide over all kinds of things that we say that we're all about. Some of them can be important, many can be good, but when they take over and become the focus of our devotion, we've lost it. By the way, I don't read anywhere in this history, the story of what happened, that Jesus actually ordered a meal. If issues become central, they'll grow when we make them our focus because whatever fills your vision is what matters and the ideas or ideologies become idols and false gods and even demonic distractions that take us away from pure and simple devotion to Jesus. We want to be clear. We are all about Jesus. Let all the distractions fade away right now as we focus on him right where you are. Listen to him, be with him, make the best choice. Give him your very best worship, your most passionate praise as we're making the main thing the main thing, the one thing, the only thing that's needed, the one priority, Jesus, Lord, we want to be, I want to be all about you. Come and be powerfully present, tangibly fully show us help us heal us do miracles among us reveal who you really are make us that supernatural community that is devoted to obey your word to love one another and to worship you now and always and forever amen mm -hmm.